Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Thanks so much for joining us for another week of Take Two. Again, we are moving away from our normal format. It seems like we're moving away from everything we've known in the past with social distancing and all kinds of new rules. Joining us today is gubernatorial candidate Amy Winder-Newton. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. It's actually giving us a great chance to talk to our candidates about issues and in a time where a lot of people are wanting to get out and meet their candidates and can't do it. So let's talk about that right now. What have you done to change your campaign? How are you reaching people? Because we're still going to have elections. Right. And it's interesting because the the COVID-19 situation, not only has it changed the way that we're campaigning, but for me, it's changed what my top issue is. Um, you know, what was education now is the economy and how we're going to get Utahns back to work. So some of the things that we're doing are we're using uh, Zoom town halls. I'm calling delegates on the phone. We're sending mail pieces. We're using digital. Those are all the ways that we're trying to adapt. But I miss being able to look people in the eye and talk to them and have a chance to really get to know them and have those small town hall meetings that we used, that we're used to when we campaign. So let's talk a little bit about these changes because uh, the normal caucus system, the normal convention system is kind of out the door right now. You chose not to get signatures and go and talk to your party to get on the ballot. What are you doing now? Do you have to just make phone calls? Because you've got to sell yourself somehow. Right. And that's exactly what we're doing. You know, we're setting up Zoom town halls. In fact, I just finished one. We had over 100 people that joined us to hear our, our vision for Utah. Um, but I'm also spending a lot of time on the phone talking to delegates and trying to answer their questions and be able to uh, share my vision and and the things that we're wanting to do as we proceed. So it's been interesting. It's not my favorite way to campaign. I'm a people person. So I love to be able to go out and shake hands and, and meet people. Um, but, you know, we are where, where we are. And I think as leaders, we've got to be able to adapt and show how adaptable we really are in the face of challenges. And this is something that's good for us to be part of. And we're all learning to keep up. We're actually talking to each other on Zoom right now. You had uh, that Zoom town hall that was taken over what they call bombings these days to Zoom, where they drop in profanities and uh, pornography. Tell me what happened with yours. Oh, it was it was horrible. So we had 130 people on. I'd given my introduction. My lieutenant governor, John Dougal, gave his introduction. And then we had people who totally took over a screen. They showed uh, pornographic images, uh, racial slurs up on the screen. We tried to kick them out. My moderator, the, the admin, was locked out, so she couldn't do anything. And I finally just calmly said to the people, it looks like we're going to need to reschedule this. So um, I'm so sorry. And we ended the meeting. We promptly went over to Facebook Live and held our town hall there. And so, you know, just showing that you have to be adaptable and you have to be willing to make changes in the in the face of trials and, and hard circumstances. And that's exactly what we did. Two days later, we rescheduled the meeting and we were able to have a successful Zoom town hall. So, so it it's working. That. Have you had to yeah. add new layers of protection, any passwords, or why were they able to get in before? Do you know? 
I don't know exactly because actually the state party set it up for us initially. We're now setting up our own so that we can ensure that some of the admin controls are in place where people can't take over your screen. Um, we also learned to not advertise our Zoom link far and wide. So originally the first town hall, I mean, we had it out on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and we've learned that, you know, we're going to email them directly to delegates and that's how we're going to be able to get them the link. So. Anyway, it's worked fine ever since. Well, learning as we go, uh, you chose a name that I know well here on the podcast, John Dougal. Uh, the fun thing is right now, part of the reason why we're changing the way we do things is because many of our take to uh, GOPers are now running um, in this gubernatorial election. We have Greg Hughes, who was first. Uh, we have John Dougal, who's now uh, running as your lieutenant governor. And then Dan McKay uh, this week, who'd been joining us previously. So I'm losing all of my... Uh, hosts here to all the candidates. So I'll be excited when this election's over with. So you'll have to tell us who's next because that might be Greg Hughes, Lieutenant Governor. That's right. right. We're launching careers like crazy. So I'll have That's to figure right. out who it is that comes next. I want to talk a little bit about what the state's doing with um, coronavirus right now. Utah is one of the few states who hasn't gone and set a full order or mandate uh, for staying home. We do have stay safe, stay home. It is largely a suggestion, except for along the Wasatch Front. And even then, I feel like it's maybe not as strict as other states. Do you believe the governor um, has made the right choice, or would you put a full stay-at-home order across the state? You know, it's so easy to Monday morning quarterback this, and I'm not in the same meetings with the professionals that the governor is. And so um, I, I feel like it would be um, foolish for me to second-guess what's happening. We need to have full confidence in our leaders. But what I will say is I think as we look at data, that should be our number one gauge as to what we are doing next. And, and yeah, we don't have perfect data because we didn't start testing very early. But with the data that we do have, it seems like what the governor's doing is in line with that. I also am somebody who believes in local control and letting the local cities and counties make their own decisions on what they feel like they need to do for their communities. They know their communities better than the state does. And, and so I think I, it's great that the governor's supportive of those communities who are choosing to have more stringent measures in place. Have you been hearing a lot from your constituents? When I read on social media from many of the people who watch us here on Channel 2, whether it's Facebook or other places, it seems like there's two very different mindsets, much like politically right now. Uh, there's people who say, you know, you've got to stay home. Don't leave your house. If you need groceries, no one else out. And there's other people saying this is too much. This is too much control. We live in a country where we should have freedom. The country shouldn't tell us what to do. What are your constituents saying to you? I am getting both spectrums, I, all over the spectrum. I'm getting both sides. Um, I have medical professionals who have emailed me and said, you know, this is ridiculous. Salt Lake County needs to do a stay-at-home order right now. We're worried about our medical supplies. We're worried about being able to house the sick and having the, the beds to do so. But I'm also getting people who are having to close down their businesses and who are extremely frustrated that the, that the government has come in and told them what they need to do with their business. You know, I think in Utah, we really value our liberties. We value being able to have the freedom to start a business and to do those things. And we try to deregulate as much as we can from uh, a political perspective. And so to have this where there's these government edicts that are causing issues for people, it's really difficult. And I'm frustrated as I look at what's going on because this really is a tough situation. And I feel for everybody involved. I mean, I have neighbors who have uh, dentist offices who have had to, you know, look at what are they going to do to help their, their employees and their families be successful when they don't have 
customers coming in. And so there's some tough situations that we have ahead of us. One of the things I'm focused on, along with my Lieutenant Governor, John Dougal, is how we're gonna proceed. Come January, when a new governor takes the seat, what are some measures we need to have in place? And we're starting to spell those out right now so that we're prepared. You know, we wanna make sure that we've got targeted assistance to businesses that are completely or partially shut down. We wanna ensure that there's um, a nimbleness that can occur with businesses and that there's not regulations in place that make it hard for them to adapt to changing circumstances. Even from an education standpoint, we're gonna to have to accelerate educational opportunities because we have some Utahns who may have to shift careers altogether and we've got to look at how we're going to retool those skills. And so there's some things out there that we're looking at specifically. So come January, if we're elected, we can hit the ground running. And there really are going to be big changes. No matter who is elected in January, it's going to be a state in recovery. We had the unemployment numbers yesterday, and obviously it's staggering to see how many of our friends and neighbors are out of work right now. When you foresee this um, coming back into motion, uh, people are wondering, how do we do this? Do we all of a sudden let kids go back to school, people go back to jobs? Do we do this slowly? Can a recovery happen before we get to a new governor? Well, I think we've got to start. I mean, we can't just sit on our laurels and, and wait for the government to come in and fix everything. We're going to have to start as soon as the orders are lifted and we can start operating again as normal. I mean, we've got to get to work. And we've already, we're already seeing some groundwork laid so that businesses can be nimble and be ready to go and get some financial assistance if they need it. But it's so important that we get going as soon as possible. Utah has been able to weather two recessions in the last 20 years, and we've been able to get out of it quicker than most other states, and I have no doubt we'll be able to do so again. But it's gonna, do, it's gonna take a lot of hard work on all of our parts, and we're gonna need to have um, some good assistance to help people get new jobs or get back to work or get businesses started up again once um, once the coronavirus situation passes. And, and I don't know that it's gonna completely pass. We're probably gonna see you know, a resurgence of this again in the fall and winter, although I don't think it'll be as bad. So hopefully if we can get what we need done now, um, then we can be ready for what, what lies ahead and, and not have the economy so heavily impacted. Many people are waiting to see if and when the governor will call a special session and possibly dip into those rainy day funds. And the good news is the Utah, uh, the state of Utah does have rainy day funds, but a lot of that was sort of, as I understand it, put towards education. Is this a point where we need to say, let's use this money to get Utah rolling again, or do we save it for education? Well, from what I understand, you've got, you've got two different things. You had a surplus in the education fund, and then you have your rainy day funds or your fund balance. And so that fund balance is what can be used. And that's what it's there for, is for emergencies like this. And so um, we've got some opportunities there. I do think there's going to have to be some tightening of our belts. And this is one reason why John Dougal and I are the right team to lead Utah in the future is we both have deep budget experience. We know how to cut budgets. We know how to better utilize tax dollars in a more effective and efficient manner. And we're gonna have to do more with less. And so being able to get in, look at state agencies, figure out which programs are working, which aren't, where we can better invest tax dollars to have the best bang for our buck in the future. Those are things that we're gonna have to tackle. And, and that's why we're, we're the right team to do it. We're the fiscal conservatives who know how to do things like that because we've done it. And as you're and talking so, about this, you know, sorry, do you have ones that you're thinking I would like to cut where you're saying, you know, this is where we could tighten the belt? I, I'm not gonna weigh in specifically on anything because I, I feel like in fairness to all of our department and agencies, we've gotta be able to look at it holistically. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not gonna throw out specifics at this time.
It is tricky because you obviously have someone uh, who is leading the state right now, and um, we're all trying to do our best. Uh, tell me how things are going at your house. Do you have kids that are homeschooling? Are you doing most of your work from home? Is everyone getting along nicely with this? <laughs> well, I always am, I'm an optimist, so I like to look at how hard challenges can make for positive outcomes and, and things that we can learn. Um, I've got two boys in high school, so they're doing homeschool right now, and one is doing a little better than the other. Um, but I also have a daughter who is a Utah State University student and was away in Bulgaria for a study abroad and had to come home two months early. So she's kind of mourning that whole experience that she missed out on, and, and she's able to do her classes online as well. But, you know, one of the things that I've loved about this is my kids are getting much closer with each other than I ever could have imagined. And it's really cool to see. I mean, as we've been able to have some more family time, um, there's some great things that have happened for our family because of this. And I look at even the positive things that are happening around the state. I mean, the fact that now in education, we're having to get more familiar with technology. I think that's a good thing. I think telehealth and the fact that our medical community is now embracing this and insurance companies are recognizing this as a great option. I think those are great things. So there's some really good things that are going to come out of this. I know that's easy to say when, um, you know, when, when you have a job and you're able to have food on the table and everything else, but Utah's are resilient and we're going to get through this. And I have no doubt that our state will be one of the first that's going to be able to exit this recession and that we're going to be able to be back to having the number one economy in the nation. That forced growth is sometimes hard for families if you're listening at home right now and thinking I'm not going to get through this. But like you said, most of us when we're at home and we're working like crazy and running around to sporting events, we want more time at home and more time with our kids. So we're getting that right now. So you got to be careful what you wish for. Uh, one thing that we've been talking about um, here in the newsroom and I see on social media is people talking about the concerns of how long this economic crisis really could last for. And does that end up costing lives in whether it's mental wellness, it's suicides, or people where it just takes a physical toll on them. Is that something you're talking about in your campaign and worried about? Because it's something that we probably don't think about, but our jobs, our economic stability at home are sometimes really intertwined with our health. Absolutely. This is a huge priority for me. I mean, you're right. We're, we're going to have mental health issues. We've got people who are struggling with anxiety at an all-time high. Um, you know, I have my, some of my own kids are, they struggle with anxiety and, and boy, you add a pandemic and an earthquake and what else can go wrong here? And it's, it's not easy for people. And so we're having to navigate that. But like you say, there's other things too. I mean, domestic violence cases are on the rise because it is tough for people to be home sometimes with each other constantly. And, and there's some scary situations there. So I'm very concerned. I mean, we have other impacts. So, uh, you know, when you look at our decision makers or who are having to decide between making sure that we save lives and that we don't overwhelm our medical resources, you've got the other side that's saying, well, what about mental health? What about um, domestic abuse? What about um, the economy and jobs and all of those other things? I mean, this is a tough situation for anybody to navigate. And so that's why I go back to data. We've got to have good data. We need government to be fully transparent so that we know what's going on and we can have that assurity that our, our leaders are making the right decisions when they ask us to do things like stay home. That is the hard part. It's just listening and trusting right now for many of us. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Before we let you go, I'll let you have the last word. Anything else you want people to know before we head into this final stretch of uh, running into the primary here in Utah? 
Well, uh, John Dougal and Amy Winder-Newton are the team that's going to keep Utah from becoming California. We don't want high taxes. We don't want excessive regulations. We want to plan for the future, for the growth issues that are facing our state. We're at a pivotal moment, and we're also the people who know budgets, and we're going to be able to help um, see us out of this economic recession better than anyone. So we, we'd love to continue in the race and hope to earn people's support. Thank you so much for being with us. You said California. Now I just want a beach. Could we have their beach at least? Oh, I'd love beach and Disneyland. If we could have that and their weather, I mean, that would be that would be great. We'll, we'll work that. on it. We'll fix up the Great Salt Lake. I swam there in the 80s. I'm sure we could do it again. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. And thanks so much for joining us for another week of Take Two as we enter this whole brave new world of social distancing. Amy Winder-Newton, thanks so much. Thanks.